Have we got the other mic, David? Excellent. You excited about this year? Who said? Who was the first person that said yes? Yeah. Why are you excited? Is it golf? No. no. Oh, another party. <laughs> what what excites you about this year? If if you're excited about it, what what is it that excites you about this year? Here we are at the beginning. Although it's already February, it's amazing, isn't it? I don't know where January went. But what excites you about this year? I'm getting married. You're getting... <laughs> isn't that awesome? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, how awesome is that, eh? How awesome is that? I, uh, I've got four weddings so far to do this year and I'm really excited about that. I, I just love doing weddings and seeing people go out on this journey together. I love the pre-marriage counselling. I think it's awesome. And, um, and so, uh, it's, yeah, there's so much. But what doesn't excite you about this year? What, what makes you a little nervous about this year? Don't, don't call things out. I want these to be personal things. What makes you nervous about this year? What are you not looking forward to this year? What do you fear this year? Seth Godden has this great saying and he says, you have everything you need to build something far greater than yourself. You have everything you need to build something far greater than yourself. Now you can look at that from a purely secular point of view and say, you know, all oh, we have everything within us and we're the power and all the rubbish and so forth. But if you look at this verse here, for God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power, of love and self-discipline, then you can look at that verse in a completely different way. I, I genuinely have a vision for this year for this church and, and in so many ways you might say that it's mundane but to me it's very real and, and can bring about some amazing change. We've, we've actually started the building program and does, does that look good out there? You know, as I have seen over the last couple of weeks, people come in and go, oh wow. <laughs> it looks great, doesn't it? But what's good about it? You, you tell me, what, for you, what's good about it? It's welcoming. It's welcoming, absolutely. What, what else? Roomy. Fresh. What else? Sorry? The ramp's terrific. <laughs> Mary doesn't use that yet because that's for older people. <laughs> is there anything else? Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah, good. There's so much about it that, and I love that what Graham said, it's welcoming and, and it's bright and it's airy. It's clean. It's just lovely. It was time. Was that right? It was time. There was nothing wrong with the old one. But doing the new gave us this new look. And can you imagine change it, taking that into here? How good is that going to be? And moving that wall right out the other side there. Wow. It's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. But you know, Joel had some words to say. Joel said, when talking about the people, there's a different context, but I want to change it to here. He said, don't just rend your garments when you come before the Lord. What did he say? Rend your hearts. So I want to say, what is the good of that and the new kitchen 
And when this is all done and all the hard work and, uh, that, uh, that Tony's putting in and the, and the finances that we're putting in, what is the good of it if we stay the same? And we just move on. And it's just the way it's always been. Hmm. Oh, very nice, Garth. Put a bit of a blue mood over the place now. But it's true. My vision for this year, and honestly, I just, it's just so clear in my mind, for this church, is that there's not only a renovation of the building, but there's a renovation of our hearts. There's not only a newness of the building that's being bright and welcoming and clean and new, but it's all in here as well. And so that when people come through that door, we, as the people of the church, not the building, are bright and welcoming and renewed and our spirit shines through the external person. You know, what what did Jesus say about his disciples, but more importantly about the church. They will know you by your... Be good on you, mate. Yeah. <laughs> they will know you by your love. They will know you by your love. And what is the foundation to all of that ministry that we do? What is it? It's the love that has been placed there by the only person that could place true love within us. That was Jesus. And it's there because of the Holy Spirit. Can you genuinely say today that you love the people of this church? Can you genuinely say in all of the 1 Corinthians 13 explanation of love that you genuinely love every person, not just the ones that you talk to on a Sunday or you choose to do stuff with, but all of the people of the church, even me. Hmm. I know that I annoy some of you, but can you genuinely say that you love? Last week, um, uh, Lee spoke, uh, uh, to me, a tremendous sermon. A tremendous sermon. And he spoke of Peter, how that sheep came out of heaven. Peter was hungry. Peter was hungry, but the Holy Spirit put him into a trance. And he saw a sheep come down in front of him in a vision. And all on that sheet were unclean foods. Because Peter was a Jew and he was a practising Jew. And when these unclean foods came down in front of him, they reviled him. Because God said, I want you to take, kill and eat. No, he said, I could never do that. They're all unclean and I have never, ever eaten any unclean thing. And God said, don't call something unclean that I have made clean. And God told him three times, three times, to obey him 
And then the sheep was taken away and Peter's left thinking, what was that all about? And he was then called to go and lead Cornelius' household to the Lord. Was Cornelius, wasn't it? Was, yes. Sorry, brain. (laughs) To go in and speak to this Gentile family and to commune with them and then to baptise them. You know, God was recreating this man into the person that he needed to, 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 to lead the church, to grow the church, to teach the church. Who's that? You and me. But before this, there'd been another time when, God, when Jesus had challenged Peter. And this one was back in Matthew chapter 14. John had just been beheaded. Jesus heard of it and went and grieved. He went to a place by himself. He jumped in a boat and went to a quiet place just to be alone for a while. But all of the people of the town followed. They saw him out there and they walked to this place where he was. And Jesus said, go away, I don't want anything to do with you, didn't he? No, he didn't. Not at all. He looked on them with compassion. His servant John had just been beheaded and his heart was filled, I would suggest, with sorrow but also, also he started to think about the world that he had come to. The leadership had taken a righteous man and killed him for their own purposes and here were all the sheep who were there crying out for righteous leadership and he brought them and he healed them and he taught them and then the disciples came and said the sun's going down you've got to tell them to go home you've got to tell them to go to a village and get food and he said no here was this compassionate heart of Jesus that was just pouring out for these people and the disciples say no just send them off what did he think how much more have I got to do with these people How much more have I got to do with these disciples before they're ready to lead my people? And there he said, you feed them. And they looked in their pockets and they all come out and they got about three dollars between them. We can't do that. Then they brought these couple of fish and a few rolls to Jesus and he took it and there was another miracle and he fed everyone. And he sent the disciples off in the boat and he stayed there a little while just to contemplate things. As he went down the hill then and the wind was starting to blow and he could see the boat rocking. Let's read what it says. Verse 22 of Matthew 14, I'll read it to you. Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side 
While he dismissed the crowd, after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by, by himself to pray. Later that night he was there alone and the boat was already in a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, this is Peter, typically Peter, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said, come. And he stepped out of the boat. You know, Peter was not only a Jew, but he was a fisherman and I'd suggest he'd been on that boat since he was a little boy. He'd been going out with Dad and he'd learnt all about this boat. And there'd been times when uh, th- that boat had been buffeted so terribly in the wind and the, and the storms, but he knew well, if he stayed in the boat... He'd be safe, right? And there were times when he would have caught such a catch and it was they were dragging it over and his foot was on the side and they were pulling all of those fish in with the net that it would have been tipping over so far but he knew the boat. And if he knew that if he'd only took a certain distance he was still safe. Because inside that boat he was safe. And we love being in the boat, don't we? In our safe zone. We love being where we're comfortable. Isn't that true? We love being with people that we're comfortable with. And sometimes I know that there's some people here who only talk to the same people on a Sunday morning because they're comfortable with them. You'll be involved in certain things but no further. And I know sometimes you come to church and and you leave straight after a lot of times because you don't want to talk to people. But I want you today to consider this year. Now for some people it will take longer than others. But I want you to join me in stepping out of the boat. I want you to say to Jesus as Peter did. Lord, ask me to come to you. You, where your heart is. You, who desires to reach into the hearts and encourage and grow and rebuild people. Lord, ask me to come to you. You know what you want me to do. And as you do that, in all honesty, are you prepared to get out of that boat? Because just remember, when Jesus said come, the storm had not yet been calmed. You know how you see those pictures of those beautiful bays that are crystal clear water and it's just so still. You know the, the holiday pictures? Well, that wasn't the water that we're talking about because that's the sort of water you want to get out of the boat into, isn't it? But it wasn't like that. 
was dark and it was rolling. It was windswept. <coughs> there were white caps. It wasn't nice. It wasn't pleasant. It wasn't somewhere where you wanted to be. And Peter, every instinct I would suggest was saying, stay in the boat because that's where you're going to be safe. But Jesus said, come. Come to where I am. And Jesus, and Jesus calls us to get out of the boat, out of our comfort zone and come to him amongst the white caps, amongst the raging sea, amongst the wind, knowing that he, he and only he is the one that's in control. Have a think for a minute. What would it mean to you to get out of your comfort zone? What would happen? What might Jesus do? And what would it take for you to be able to love with Jesus' love? every person that comes through the door of that church, of this church. What would it take? Would it mean restoring relationships that may have been damaged over time? Would it mean going to someone and say, we don't need to talk about this. I'm sorry and I just need to be restored. Would it be something like that? Is there a discontentment within your heart because of certain things? That things may not be the same as they were before. And you're finding it hard to move forward and you need to just let go. What is there that Jesus may be saying to you? Is there hurt that comes from family that may be in your heart at the moment that is holding you back from moving forward with God? Folks, 2013 is our year. It is our year. There's going to be renewal here in the building but I want to ask you now to step out of the boat with me to step out of the boat and say, God, I want you not only for this renewal, but the renewal in here. And I'm prepared to lay it on the line for you. And if there's things that you need me to do this year, then I want you to clearly tell me. But I want to be where you are. And if that means it's not a nice, clear, icy sea, like you see in the holiday brochures. But if there's winds buffeting, if there's white caps and it's a dark, dark water, because you're there, then I'm prepared to be. Where do you want to be? You know, later on, as I said, Peter had this had this sheet come down before him and everything within him said no. Because it was the way he'd been taught. And it was right for that time. 
but are we now in a changing time and some of the things that we have held so close to the way we live, to the things we thought, to our comfort zone, is it time to let go of some of those things and allow God to give us a new vision? How does your vision stack up against mine this year? As a pastor here, as we looked at some of the things that we want to teach this year, starting at Genesis chapter 1 to 11, foundational stuff. And then we look at subjects like forgiveness, the Ten Commandments and the New Commandment. And then going on to the Sermon on the Mount. You know, sometimes you've got to go back to basics to be renewed. And that's what we want to do this year. They're the subjects we're looking at in our teaching. I'm excited about that. I've got to be careful about saying I'm excited too much because that guy who used to say that in Queensland died. You know, and, and, and I don't want to do that yet. You know, I don't want to do that just yet. But I am genuinely excited about our teaching program and the people who are going to bring those things to us. And then we've got David Wilson going to come during May and he's going to teach us from Micah and about putting those foundational stuff into practice in the world and I'm excited about that. Renewal, a year of renewal. Renewal for the building but also for us. And folks, I'm going to ask you something right now but I want you to be really honest. I want you to be really honest. I'm going to ask you on this day, the first Sunday of February, our vision Sunday, I'm going to ask you if you're going to be prepared to get out of the boat this year. If you're going to be prepared to be called by God, come. No matter what the sea's like, I'm going to ask you to stand with me now. As you look at that sheet before you that may be things that you're really uncomfortable with, but God said come. Peter, kill and eat. Would you stand with me right now and allow me then to pray for us all? Is there anyone now who would stand? Father, as we stand before you, we are excited, I'm excited, at this sea of faces here before me as we seek to get out of the boat, as we seek to stand there on that water with you there in front of us because we know that we have not been given a a spirit of fear. No, the spirit of fear only comes from Satan. We worship a living God the creator of the universe we sang this morning, indescribable. That's who you are. Our mere words can never describe the God that you are and what you have done for us. And Father, even though all of that power that came together to create the universe was tied up in that body that Jesus took upon himself. 
to walk this earth and then allowed himself to be crucified on a cross. This is the God that we serve. All powerful, indescribable, yet containing all humility. And Father, this morning in humility we cry out to you to take our hand early as we step out of this boat for you, to take our hand and let us come and walk that water of discomfort. Let us rebuild relationships as we learn to love as you seek to love through us. Father, let us seek to let go of hurts that might have been there for a very long time to let them go that you can use us to renew us, to freshen us and to make us usable for you. To take away the negativity and be be able to say that Jesus Christ lives within me. What is there to be negative about? God is the author of change. And I want to see, I want to be where Jesus is doing things. Father, I pray that your spirit would descend upon us now in a new and living way and fill our hearts, regenerate us and allow your spirit to live through us in a new way. Open our eyes to what you desire to do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please be seated. I'm excited. I've got to tell you. I'm excited. And as I ask Brett to come and, and, and uh, to lead us now in communion, that wonderful thing, that we do each week in remembering that we are here and able to do to worship the way we do because of what Jesus has done thank you Brett